Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. fans welcome back to another edition of football 24 7 i'm your guy tone the show's the second and i'm joined by none other none other excuse me than our philadelphia eagles insider john mcmullen before we get too deep into the content you guys know what you have to do smash the like button make sure you guys are engaged as always make sure you guys are always going back and forth in that live chat i love seeing the banter i love seeing you guys cannibalize each other it's uh it's really entertaining for us as well um but also make sure you guys are subscribed to the jacob sports youtube channel it means a lot to us now john man you know i had a question for you before we got started into the football talk but um i wanted to reserve it for when we got on there because i feel like a lot of people um i feel like you're one of the most mis- misunderstood guys on the network and Mis- um, wow. yeah, wow. I, I'll, I'll, I'll say misunderstood because, um, you know, you're very objective. Um, uh, you're very nuanced. I don't yeah, have people, the pom poms. I don't have the pom poms. Everybody and, else and, and has the pom poms. And you don't have the pom poms. Right. But let me ask you this. Right. Please. Um, walk me through the daily grind of being a journalist, uh, covering the NFL, but most notably notably covering the Philadelphia Eagles. Walk me through your day-to-day or what a typical day is like for you in the life of an Eagles reporter. Ooh, I don't know how exciting that is. I mean, right, I, that, the, on, the morning, you know, the morning I'm doing the show, obviously, that's the first thing that I, I do. And then generally, I, I have to race down to the NovaCare complex. Um, and, and, you know, we have 
on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we have practices, locker room, uh, coaching, press conferences, some off-the-record stuff occasionally. Um, so you're dealing with all that, and then you got to race home, you got to transcribe, you got to write, and all the while with this particular team, um, always. And we're seeing at this time of year with whether it's Shaq Leonard or Zach Ertz or or even today, Adrian Amos, the Eagles might need a safety with Justin Evans. You know, everybody's, you know, what about this guy? What about that guy? And how he's, you know, you're always a text message away from uh, another uh, uh, breaking story. So, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot, especially with this particular team. So uh, you spend most of your time at NovaCare. Do you do most of your writing at NovaCare or do you do most of your writing at home? Um, how does that normally work for you? Uh, it depends on the day and depends on where my wife is, what the dog needs. <laughs> That's where <laughs> real life comes into it. Um, sometimes I got to be home. I got to race home. So I'll write from home. If I have some, I'd rather write from there because there's less distractions and all that kind of stuff. So that's all dependent on real life stuff. You know, you know, it, it, moving Monday night, I always say, you know, the only person more upset about that game being moved to Monday night than the reporters was Darius Slay, um, who was hilarious when he found out they were moving the game and it wasn't about moving the game. You know, he's a father. He's, you know, he's got a, he's got real life duties. And it's a pain mm -hmm. in the ass for him. Um, and I think that's the part a lot of fans miss with with pro athletes. They got real lives yeah. as well. So that factors yeah. into it. A lot of the time fans think that these guys are just eat, sleeping, and breathing football. And it's like, well, not necessarily. It's, it's, it's a job at the end of the day. It's their career. Um, and sure, you have guys who are gamers and, they, you know, they, they love the game, but you know, a lot of these guys are parents, their husbands, you know what I'm saying? Uh, their sons, you know. So, um, you know, like you said, the real life thing always has to come to the forefront, you know, sticking in the real life element of things. You know, this this matchup between the Eagles and the 49ers, man, uh, a, a lot of the a lot of the play has made it into, uh, you know, real life. It's a lot of a lot of the talk is going on off the field. Right. You know, with uh, the 49ers feeling like they got robbed or um, they deserve to be where the Eagles were in that Super Bowl. And um, I'm curious to know, how do you process when not just players, but people operate from this place of what they're owed and what they feel like they deserve? And instead of just, you know, listen, life happens and you got to roll with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I brought up Slay. Slay got in trouble a lot when he mentioned uh, Kansas City. Um when I was talking to him and I posted it on um, X Twitter, uh, formerly known as um, where he said it wasn't a robbery and, you know, he's telling the truth. I, 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 I would say, man, people like people to lie to <laughs> They really do. It's not a rivalry. And he got in a lot of trouble for it. And he was like, and then he went even further. Was talking about the Super Bowl loss, and he said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah he's a competitor. He's very upset. He lost." But again, I go back to the real life thing. Then he had to go home. Anybody saw the Amazon um, uh, thing on Jason Kelsey saw the same thing. You know, of course he was upset. But then he's got to go back to his wife and his kids. You know, and you got to suck it up. And you know, 
do your best to get over that kind of stuff quickly. And then there's just the natural, you can't mope and you, you, you know, you got to move forward. Um, whether you win or you lose, because, you know, the next game's coming, whether it's next week or, or next year, um, you can't say, what was me? But if, if you're talking about the 49ers and chirping and all that kind of stuff, it's really a couple players, right? It's not, you know, it's not a theme. Um, and that's always, you know, I always say, you know, round up 90 people, you know, everybody going to think the same way. Is everybody going to act the same way in a certain situation? I don't know why they think it would be the same with 90 people in an NFL organization. Um, so there's always going to be, you know, and then there's the wink, wink kind of stuff. You know, I, I've been telling people all we, AJ Brown, Debo Samuel are really close. They're, yeah, really, they're really good friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Same agent as well. I think. Yeah. It, it's, and you know, that's sort of like Brandon Graham, you know, Brandon talks a lot of trash and everybody sees the clips and, you know, nicest guy in the world, but when he's on the field, he's going to talk some, trash and you know when Debo talks trash they don't like it because he's talking trash about their guy mm-hmm. he doesn't really think James Radbury's trash he just said it um you know could he used a better word yeah but <laughs> yeah Bradbury was funny about that he said uh, I kind of wish you used a different word but yeah. you know it is what it is <laughs> yeah. so you know it, it's basically who's wearing your favorite Jerry Seinfeld had a great joke you know you're rooting for laundry basically you know, mm. Javon Hargrave, I saw a tweet today. It was hilarious. You know, a certain someone um, took the 49ers out to dinner. And it was Javon. Why, why the hell can't he go out to dinner with his team at to a restaurant he likes in Philadelphia? He was a great player here. Got a lot of money to go to San Francisco. He took his his new friends out to a place. What, what are you going to ban him from the city limits? Come on, people. <laughs> And I just tweeted out. I said it just tells me Javon's still a good guy. I mean, that's all that says. Yeah, Javon was never a guy that was um, rambunctious or a guy that you really had to. He never gave you a sound, but he was. Uh, I mean, he was known as being more so the soft-spoken guy in the locker room, especially on, especially on the D line. <laughs> yeah, um, he's very soft-spoken, um, and he's a good guy. He's a good guy. So and yeah. that didn't change because his jersey changed. Right, Sorry. right. Sorry. So, so you know, this matchup has been hotly anticipated. You know, game of the year. Yes, game of oh. the week. Game of the year. You're Can saying on oh, okay? Are you saying that, or are you kind of just rolling with the with the narrative, or, or do you feel like this? Is I'm joking. They have a game of the year next week. I was <laughs> laughing at at, uh, and I don't want to say it was a radio guy who said, literally said, just like last week, it's the game of the year, and I'm saying to myself. You can't have you can Two only have one game of the year. And <laughs> you know, get the Eagles had Kansas City, that was the game of the year. Some people even said Buffalo, but obviously mm. now you have the game of the year against San Francisco, you'd be game of the year next week at Dallas. It's absurd. Yeah. Uh, but it is a big game. Uh the Eagles could kind of you know, put the final nail essentially in the coffin of the 49ers for that number one seed if they win the game. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, and you don't want to lose the game because you don't want to go into Dallas next week battling for first place. Um, so it, uh, it's a very important game. Is it the game of the year? Um, probably not, but it's a it's a very important game. No question about mm. it. So let's let's approach it from this perspective, right? You know, the 49ers, um, they played on Thanksgiving. Um, they're well rested. Um, they're as healthy they're they're as healthy as they've been all year. The Philadelphia Eagles, on the other hand, uh, not so much. They're coming off of two back-to-back matchups where your defense played north of 70 snaps and north of 90 snaps, respectively, um, in that Chiefs game and that Bills game. Um, that's that that's that's roughly I want to say about man, it's roughly about 160 snaps um, between two games. That's probably on average maybe two and a half, maybe maybe three games worth of snaps um, at the most. Um, you know, on you know uh, for that defensive side of the ball. On top of that, Fletcher Cox is hurt. You mentioned Zach Cunningham. Um, obviously, Justin Evans is not going to be available. You know, what's you what what's What's been your thoughts Justin on the by, by the way, what's the Justin Evans spike? That, that was, <laughs> they haven't had him for weeks. Right, they haven't had him for weeks. Sudden, yeah, they haven't. Now all of a sudden, it's a big deal. I don't. You, you know, by the so way, funny, I thought. Go ahead. I, I feel bad for Justin. Justin's probably going to go back on injured reserve next week, and he's going to be. Yeah, I heard about his situation. Season. It's pretty rough. Um, <clears> you know, he was kind of banking on this year being a being a, a year a solid year for him, man. And I thought early in the season he was playing pretty well. I Agreed. didn't think people gave him enough credit. I thought he was solid, but the Eagles eventually got better anyway with Kevin Bayard, and and they made the decision uh, to get better. So uh, it's disappointing for him, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of surprised how much angst there is, only because he hasn't been there for weeks. So I mean, That's why is it all of a sudden uh, a, a a big issue? Where's Zach Cunningham? You know, somebody like that has been a starting linebacker, arguably your best linebacker, um, and um, he's going to be he's going to be out for multiple weeks. I think hopefully he can get back as soon as possible. But I think, yeah, I think that's the bigger loss. Obviously, the Eagles have settled down the safety position as long as they stay healthy. And Kevin right. Bayard's been a very durable player. Um, and Reed Blankenship, you know, has has missed a couple games, so you can't just assume he's going to be healthy. But when he's out there, he's obviously a hundred percent guy. So mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure. And Justin, I was just you know trying to flip through a one, two, three, four, five, six, six consecutive games, seven of eight. So it's not like he's been around. Right, right. You know, I, I guess for me, the more, the, the bigger um, narrative is the fatigue factor, right? Um, this Philadelphia Eagles team, in particular the defense, they've been on the field a lot. And um, the, the Eagles offense, they've struggled to kind of sustain drives um, in the better part of their games, which in turn puts the defense back on the field rather quickly. And the defense is struggling to get off the field on third down. So they're struggling to get off the field. Offense struggling to stay on the field. That's been a kind of the narrative the past couple of weeks. And I'm curious to know, like, how much do you buy into the fatigue factor going into this 49ers game where the Niners are? I'm very well rested and um, they're as healthy as they've been all season. Um, It depends on the player. A little bit worried about it with uh, Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, uh, simply because they're not used to playing 
um, that many snaps, even dating back to college because how good and how deep Georgia was. Uh, they sort of had that ro- ro- rotation and didn't ask guys to play a ton. Uh, and they had to play a heck of a lot. They both set their career highs last week. So many defensive snaps, as you mentioned. Um, with other guys like Reed, I brought up Reed played 100 100- well, he he played twenty one snaps on special teams, so he that too played, so yeah. he played one hundred and sixteen snaps, and that's a guy you know people would say about Kobe Bryant, you know he could play forty eight minutes and then oh go play another forty eight minutes. That's how I kind of feel with Reed. Yeah, I you know, that was a big thing with a certain reporter this week, and it's like how can you play? He's twenty three years old. The guy never sweats. <laughs> There's not a hair out of place. He's not. You don't have to worry about his conditioning. He he can play and play and play and play and play. Right. You know, somebody like Brandon Graham, that's why to have him on a pitch count. I, I would say the big guys may be a little bit of a concern, but what helps you there is they're young guys as well. They're going to be able to bounce back. I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about it too much. Interesting. Interesting. You know, you bring up the fact that you know, these guys get off these guys the field are, on third down, though. I think you should yeah, worry about that. Right, right. And, and and I'm glad you brought that up because you know, that's been a struggle, right? And going into this game, defense is going to be something we keep our eye on. Obviously, we're going to pay attention to the offense and them actually having a stronger start than they've had the past couple of weeks. And we're going to discuss that as well. But again, this this uh, this Niners offense, uh, they have uh, – if, if, if the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs had a spectacular fastball and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, right? The Kansas City, uh, the, the 49ers, excuse me, the 49ers have not only a crazy fastball, but they have curveballs and screwballs and cutters, and they have so many ways to really um, chop you down on the offensive side. When you think about Debo, George Kittle, CMC, Brandon Ayuk, um, that offensive line with Trent Williams, and you know um, Brock Purdy, he's doing a, a great job, sort of being the um, the maestro of that offense. Um, how concerned are you about this Philadelphia Eagles defense? Um, when you think about how dangerous this uh, 49ers offense can potentially be, especially when they're all healthy. Well, you're always concerned with the 49ers. The 49ers have the best uh, group. Um, and yes, I'm, uh, I'm including the Eagles. They they have the best group of playmakers in football. Um, when you add them all together, you just mentioned Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, uh, Brandon Ayuk. Even Jennings, their third receiver, can make plays. Nobody has better skill position. Uh, Eliza Mitchell, the backup running back, can yeah. make plays. They, a they, better combination, right? No one has a better combination yeah. than those guys. They, they have the best skill position group in the NFL. Um, the Eagles might be, you know, right there, number two, top five, whatever. But overall, they have the best skill position group. So, you know, it's a tough matchup for everybody. That's mm-hmm. why they go on these runs. Um, that they, they lost the three games when Trent Williams was hurt and Debo were hurt was hurt as well. Uh, they haven't lost the game when everybody's been on the field together. Um, so that's kind of what you're facing. Um, so everybody's got issues, not just the Eagles. And um, it's obvious what you have to take advantage of, and that's the four worst players on the San Francisco offense are the offensive linemen, not named Trent Williams. So mm. it has to be a big Jalen Carter game, big Hassan Reddick game, 
big Jordan Davis game. Milton Williams is going to be back. We'll see about Pletch. Um, they listed him as questionable. He didn't practice all week. Uh, um, we'll see. Um, they'll probably take that up to game time, I would imagine, try to play those uh, mind games with the 49ers. So those guys got to have a big day, no question about it. Um, and then you just kind of persevere. You know they're going to make some plays, score some points, and um, just got to make big plays and big spots. Um, go back to Monday night with Dallas and Seattle. Turned into a shootout. You know, Demarcus Lawrence with the fourth down stop. Micah Parsons at the end. You know, you got to make plays in big spots in, the, in, in games like this. It's not always yeah. going to be pretty. There's going to be some ugly moments. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's one thing I've been talking about all week is the fact that, look, the guys that, in my opinion, that I'm most concerned about are George Kittle and CMC because they can truly take advantage of the middle of that field with the Eagles being compromised at linebacker. Um, the Eagles elevated um, Ben Van Sumeren. Uh, Christian Ellis is pr- going to play a lot. So they're definitely compromised at that linebacker position. Um, what's your level of concern for that position right now? Uh, well, it's a weakness even when they're at full strength. So, um, yeah, I mean, as you start to lose players and now if you go back to Kobe Dean, right, they've lost both starting linebackers. So technically you're you're playing backups at both positions. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of big nickel. Um, three I, safety I, I, looks. I agree with you 100%. I spoke about that earlier this week, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially in known passing situations, Christian's going to play. And obviously you have to worry about Christian on Christian crime and (laughs) stopping the run with Christian McCaffrey. Right. Uh, But known pass, I think you're going to see a lot of Kevin Byard essentially doing what Malcolm Jenkins used to do at times playing pseudo linebacker and Sidney Brown would rotate in um, with Reed Blankenship at safety, try to, calm things down as far as the athleticism, maybe handling coverage a little bit better uh, with all the playmakers. But it's a tough matchup. And, you know, can you get home on Brock Purdy? If you can, you're going to be fine. If you can't, you're going to have some issues. So you mentioned, right, the, the other four offensive linemen that you have to take advantage of not named Trent Williams. Um, typically, Josh Sweat is lined up on that, I guess. It's going to be a tough duty for Josh it, Sweat. It, exactly. So I'm, my expectations aren't necessarily high for Josh Sweat in this game. Um, you know, me, me and Rob Ellis were talking about over-unders for sack totals, and um, I think I think we had uh, – what's the over-under for Josh Sweat, um, you know, with half a sack? You know, can he get one? And I'm like, well, he's going to be going against he's going to get Trent Williams. Um, I'm going to take the under on that. Uh, whereas the Hassan Reddick, he's going to be on the other side. Um, do you think? Um, as a matter of fact, let me frame it like this: How creative does Sean Desai have to be um, to take advantage of the weaknesses of their offensive line? Right. Um, again, with the with with the lack of talent at linebacker, and you know, with the back end being compromised most weeks, um, how can Sean Desai take advantage of this? of this uh, San Francisco offense, what what can he do creatively um, to try to, you know, give his team a fighting chance? Because a lot of people are already counting this defense out. 
Well, I don't know why they would count them out. Uh, I, you know, I, you're third, not going to third down gonna, defense and all those kind of things. You're so. not going to scheme up a pass rush um, generally. Um, in other words, you know, you Sean decides looking at this as I got to protect my back end. Mm, not I got to okay. help. My, not I got to help my my guys up front. Okay, this is a game where he looks at. Hassan Reddick and the guys I mentioned and Jalen Carter specifically and said, you guys got to go win. Um, Cause you got to help those guys on the back end. Um, Cause they're the ones who have the difficult matchups. Um, you know, on the other hand, if you're Kyle Shanahan, you know, you, you got to look at Aaron Banks and, 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 and Spencer Burford and, and say, you know, uh, you gotta gotta win. Help these guys. No, yeah, no, no, he's got to help. He's the one who's got to help. Um, and you know, that's that's you know, a lot of Eagles fans still to this day, how could you not block Hassan Reddick? Well, you know, it's the same thing. It's anybody's watched it, forget about Kyle Shanahan, go back to Mike Shanahan. That's what you do in play action, that's on the quarterback. You saw it on Monday night with Geno Smith. That everybody's was idiotic. Saying, oh my God, that was and idiotic. everybody and, and and everybody's saying um, Seattle and 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 you know not blocking Micah Parsons. I got news for you. Micah Parsons made a mistake. They called a they called a stunt. He and Demarcus Lawrence. I got this straight from the mouth of uh, okay. Uh, Help me understand because he came off untouched. Now you mean to tell me he made a mistake? He wasn't he even supposed to ma- be there. He made a mistake. Uh, the 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 Cowboys called a stunt. If you notice, Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons both went to the C gap. Um, that mean that that essentially means uh, Micah was supposed to stun around um, and 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 go inside, and that's why. Um, you saw the immediate slide inside slide protection because they're thinking Demarcus Lawrence is that's what they're projecting. So it's an instance where that poor guy in in Seattle, Shane Waldron's getting killed. Oh, how could you not block Micah Parsons? He's just so athletic. He made a mistake and made up for it in 1.4 seconds. If you notice the running back coming across, if he gets out, and it's like two seconds, like a normal human being, they're going to have a 40-yard gain, maybe a touchdown, because wow. nobody was going to get them. And that's most of the people focused on DK Metcalf, who was wide open as well. And he's just wow. so, so fast. He made up for his own mistake, and he got to the quarterback because before anything could develop, um, and that's, you know, that's why when people say, be very, very careful when you talk about so-and-so is a dumb coach or so-and-so is a great coach. And that's what I said about Kyle Shanahan. People are saying, how could you not block? How could you block us? You'll see this from 97 Eagles fans, 97,000. How could you block Hassan Reddick for a second with a backup tight end? end? Yeah, right. He's not supposed to block him like he's a tackle. He's supposed to chip him on the way. That's what the play action is. And the quarterback, it's the quarterback's job to understand the play and the football's got to come out. It's worked 
a million times for the Shanahan offenses. Mm. And it's usually a very big play, but you got to execute. And when you don't execute, great players take like advantage. You have, exactly. And mm. so, wow. Brock Purdy's elbow surgery was on Brock Purdy. <laughs> okay. Hey, listen, that, that, that's because uh, I think we spoke about that particular bit before, but the the Seattle Dallas one that one was news to me. Um, you just you just put me down. Yeah, on you something. know, Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time tested gift around a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But I got it from one of the Eagles coaches, and I said, because I, I was like everybody else. I didn't know it at the time. I'm like, wow. Because when you play. see it in real time, you're saying to yourself, you left Micah Parsons unblocked. Yeah. But, then, but then part of me says, it's no way they were that stupid. Yeah, they weren't. And he said, uh, you know, Sh Shane Waldron, you know, poor guy, you know, he did the right thing. They had the right call on. And, and just sometimes, uh, uh, you know, you, you got two guys going to the same gap. That's not what you want in football. And then I went back after he told me that I went back and watched it again. And sure enough, you got two guys in the same gap, which tells you Dallas is the one making the mistake. Wow. And but, it just didn't matter. Became, and then talent. I doubled down and I went to another coach and I asked him outside the building. And I said, Hey, this is what so-and-so said. You take a look at the play. What do you think? And he said the same thing. Yeah, they both hit the C gap. You're not, I mean, that's an indication. Now it's possible Demarcus Lawrence. Now, you know, the Eagles said, hey, we play him twice, twice a year. We know how they play, basically. I think this is what happened. I think this is what happened. So it's not emphatically saying this is what happened. You never know 100%. But typically, but they got, guys but they are got in the same gap. Yeah, they got a good feel for what Dallas wants to do in certain situations and certain accomplishments. And the other coach said, yeah, you." I mean, somebody made a mistake. It was either uh, D-Law, uh, DeMarcus, or Parsons. Um, I think it was Parsons who made a mistake. But it didn't matter because the guy's so damn athletic. Hey, listen, talent is a great deodorant. Um, let's let's move to the other side, the other side of the ball for the Philadelphia Eagles, right? This offense, right? Let's start with the offensive line here. Um, the offensive line is going to have tough duty as well. Uh, Nick Bosa, Jerron Hargrave, Eric Armstead, and now they've added Chase Young to the mix as well. Um, that's that's tough duty for any offensive line. Um, now Lane Johnson, um, so far it seems like he's going to be um active. I think he was a full participant in practice. Um, but I want to I want I want to get your spin on this offensive line, defensive line matchup 
uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, what are your immediate concerns? Um, what do you expect to happen? Um, my immediate concerns, I, I never have too much concern with the Eagles offense. I think the Eagles offense, and I've talked about their hubris in the past, it's, it's deserved at times, but I think when they don't perform well, they generally shoot themselves in the foot. Mm. Um, it's always my mentality that in today's game, in the modern game, good offense beats good defense. Um, that's just the way it is. Uh, if you can, I say it all the time. If you can block people, you can play offense, and the Eagles can block anybody. And that's where I think they have the advantage in this game overall from an overreaching standpoint. The Eagles' offensive line is much more equipped to deal with the 49ers' defensive front than vice versa. Um, Interesting. Um, the the we've already seen Lane Johnson versus Nick Bosa um, stalemate. Um, Jordan Mailata against Chase Young, Eagles will be fine. Not to say Chase Young can't make a play. I feel like they've always kind of battled back and forth. One game, one person gets the best of the other. One game, the other person. Because I think the second matchup. Not saying Chase. I think when I say things like this, people say, and then Jordan gets beat. Yeah, of course. I'm not. um, But it's not going to be a consistent, um, you know, beating like a drum type thing where you're getting beat play after play. It's good on good at the end of the day. Yeah. Exactly. Same thing with the inside. Javon and Eric Armstead are very good players, but you know the Eagles have Landon Dickerson and Cam Jurgens is back, and obviously Jason Kelsey. So, um, yeah, their offensive line is very capable of dealing with any front, um, and that's you know as I mentioned, San Francisco on the other hand has one Hall of Fame player and. Four Jags, just guys. Um, so I think from an overriding standpoint, when I look at why I think Jody asked me week five when San Francisco looked like world beaters, and I said I'd pick the Eagles for that reason. I'm still picking the Eagles for that reason because they mm. can block San Francisco, and San Francisco on paper should not be able to block them. Mm. Now – Key words on paper, you know, uh, these past couple of weeks. And obviously the quarterback position dictates this tremendously. Um, they haven't been able to get home. But again, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, good luck with that. Uh, now, Philadelphia Eagles, on the other hand, Jalen Hurts, very mobile quarterback, um, has been playing great football in the second half of his games, has, has struggled in the first half of the games. Um, we talked about this on our previous Football 24-7 um, we kind of had a little casual debate, or rather, is it game planning? Is it play calling? Is it execution? Um, you erred on the side of lack of execution on the offensive side, right? How important um, – well, let me not say this because you tend to answer my questions pretty similarly. But execution is always important, for one. Let's make that clear. But when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles execution, do you have any concerns based off the trend that they've struggled in the first half over the past two weeks? Uh, no, not a concern. I mean, would you like to get off to better starts? I mean, last year they they got off to great starts and didn't finish well. This year they haven't gotten off to great starts and finished it better. So it's sort of like the identity of the team, but it can change at any moment. Um, and it can change from week to week. Um, 
they they do have to play better. I'm not saying they don't. You know, if they play like they did against Kansas City, they're probably not going to win this game. If they play like they did against Buffalo, they're probably not going to win this game. Um, they haven't been playing well, but you know, when when people started this stretch, which really started with Dallas before the bye, um, so you're saying the murders row of six games, and can you get out three and three? You can't be underwater. They're already three and zero. Oh. I mean, you know, I mean, that it's, was, almost, it, it's almost comedic at this point, honestly. Yeah, I, I mean, what are we talking about here? Um, but yeah, the style points haven't been there at times, um, and they are living on a razor's edge. And you already saw it; they lost one game. Because Jalen Hurts made an in uncharacteristic play at the end of the game. And that can always happen. And that's where you don't want to be. You don't want to be in that position if you're a really good team with a with a chance for an anomaly or the football bouncing the wrong way or something. And and all of a sudden you lose the game and you're looking up and the season's over. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be in that uh situation. Um, so they're good enough to, to play better, even against good teams and they need to play better, but yeah, I'm always going to lean on, um, the, the players first. Um, and, and they'll, they'll tell you, I mean, Jason Kelsey was mad at himself for the two false starts and making a, a 49 yard kick turned into a miracle 59 yard kick. You know, mm-hmm. what if that turns in a negative direction? What if uh, Marquez Valdez Scantlin catches the football in Kansas City? You don't want to be in those positions. Right. So um, they have to play better. It's interesting. You know, you brought up that <clears throat> the way they played in Kansas City, you're not beating the you're not beating the Niners with that with that output. The way they played against the Bills, you're not beating the Niners with that output. Has there been a game that you've seen this season or a game that you can harken back to where you say, okay, if they play that way, they can beat this 49ers team? Uh, there are a bunch of them. They played well uh, against Minnesota early. They played really well in Tampa Bay. Um, uh, second half against the Rams, there were lights out. I'm trying to think. Miami, obviously, you know, they played well. Um Washington, they struggled with um, even the Dallas game in the first half. I mean, they were leaking oil in the fourth quarter. If there's one game you want to blame the coaches for, I'd say fourth quarter Dallas. Mm. Um, that because they had that game completely under control, completely. And Nick went too conservative. Um, Sean Desai probably waited a little bit too long to try to do some different things with C.D. Lamb. So <clears throat> if you want to blame the coaches, I'd say that game. Okay. Um, late, but not the whole game, just just late when they, got, they had the big lead. And you don't uh, do that often. So the fact that you're saying that means that it, it must have been that, it must have been pretty egregious in their fourth quarter. Well, again, I talk about the Bonner game a lot. And when I said good offense beats good defense, and, you know, in this era, especially when you're, playing a team that's explosive, you you can never rest on your laurels. You can never mm. play conservative, um, especially when you're a good team and you can move the ball. 
So I think that was very uncharacteristic of Nick. Um, and that's the only, that's kind of the only reason. Um, These teams score too much now. And you see it up every week. Um, the good teams, obviously, there's some bad offensive teams, but with some struggling quarterback issues. But um, Dallas is not one of those teams right now. So <clears throat> what do you think the Philadelphia Eagles should do to be able to, I guess, exploit or try to mitigate uh, the stressors that guys like Chase Young and Nick Bosa can provide? Again, we know the Eagles offensive line can pretty much block anybody, but um, what do you think their game plan is going to be entering this matchup? How do you think that how, how do you think they're going to try to get their offense going um, in a positive direction early in this matchup? Well, the Eagles don't ha- help their tackles. I mean, they you know, so forget about Chase Young and Nick Bosa. That's Lane. Hey, Lane. All right, you know what you're doing, Jordan. You know what you're doing. It's not to say they won't chip occasionally if things are going in a negative direction, but they go into every game. It's a luxury they have when Lane is healthy and Jordan's out there. They don't help their tackles. Um, And it's not a luxury many teams have. um, And that helps them uh, put more people out in, in, you know, Nobody uses more empty sets than the Eagles because why can they do that? Because they have confidence that their offensive line is going to hold up. So I don't worry about stuff like that. Um, as far as I already see some people, you got to run the ball early. You got to run the ball. Early. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> John's not the he's not John's not the tree you bark up with that. I've uh, learned I, I've I, learned it the hard way. I you know they 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 you know they're generally going to be. Their belief is you pass to take to get the lead and you run the football to close the game in general. But I always say that's, you know, it's dependent on how the game goes and the personality of the game. But yeah, they're going to, they're going to always be a little bit more pass heavy early in general, not always in general. Um, I don't think you're going to sit there and say, you know, the best linebacker in football is the time to, Hey, just hand the ball off to DeAndre Swift. Um, you know, Fred Warner is who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think it's going to be your typical Eagle football that's sort of not, as I say it, not run first, not pass first, Jalen Hurts first. You know, let's see what's going. RPO's going. Go RPO. Passing game's going, go passing game. What's what's Jalen got in the bag? Um, sort of feeling out a starting pitcher. Uh, that's how I kind of feel about um, Jalen Hurts. Is the pass ball working? Is the curveball working? Which one's working? Go with that. Mm, I'm glad you brought Jalen Hurts up because he seems very uh, meticulous back there at the quarterback position. Very um, – like you said, uh, he's he's surgical. He he fills you out. He he try to he tries to stress you in certain areas to find out where can he break you. Um, Jalen Hurts has had a very very fascinating past couple weeks. He's had a fascinating past four weeks. Um, if we're being quite honest, uh, but more notably the past two weeks, the Eagles are down double digits going into halftime. Uh, in the Bills game, they're down double digits going to the fourth quarter, and he has these late game heroics. 
um, in particular that that Buffalo Bills game, you kind of saw him put on the Superman cape and he just kind of transformed. Um, what's been your how have you been looking at Jalen Hurts over these past couple of weeks? Um, where has he um, evolved? How has he evolved in your mind, in your eyes, as a quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles? Um, is he is he beginning to position himself as being um, one of the most trustworthy quarterbacks in the NFL? I know I asked you a lot, but you know, I, again, <clears throat> well, he's the MVP of the league right now. If we stopped okay. and we we uh, we we stopped right now, he's the MVP of the league. So I mean, that's pretty good. Um, I, 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 I would say that, uh, I, 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 he'd be the first one to tell you they've turned it over too much. They'd mm-hmm. like to, uh, and Jalen's always very, um, um, very cognizant of, of ball control and, and, and not turning it over. So I think that's one of the disappointing parts for this offense is I think they've turned it over a little bit too much. Mm. Um, and that would be the one thing I would say it's got to improve a little bit. But yeah, if you're number one, can't go up. You got to go down. So um, I think to this point, it's been pretty effective. And when you add in the fact that, you know, he had that little hiccup with uh, the knee injury um, affecting. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Where do you think he is with that? It seems like it seems to me he's slowly getting healthier. Is this, I, I know some people will say you can't get healthier in the football season, but I don't know. It seems like he's beginning to trust that knee a little more. Oh yeah, he's been much uh, coming back from the bye. It's basically been business as usual. So he mentioned going into the bye, and he said selfishly at the time it comes at a great spot for him. Um, he ditched the the knee sleeve he was wearing, so. Clearly, he feels a lot better. Um, um, and, you know, it's no coincidence. You and I have talked about that a lot. All of a sudden, DeAndre Swift is back. You know, now the threat of Jalen Hurts in the running game is back. That's why DeAndre Swift is back. Um, and the plus one of, of his impact on the running game is really big. And obviously, the walk-off, you see... He's feeling pretty good on that play. Um, it's uh, it's back, and when it's back and part of the Eagles' offense, the Eagles are better. Simple as that. Let me ask you a question about the MVP race. You know, we kind of we kind of broke it a little bit. Um, I was looking at the MVP odds, and Jalen Hurts is um, leading the odds right now, and then Dak Prescott is right there behind him. You know, for me at least, I understand Dak Prescott is playing very well. Um, He's playing very well. Let's let you know. Let's not, let's not kid ourselves. He's doing exactly what he's supposed to do, especially against inferior opponents. But to me, Dak Prescott hasn't necessarily had as many signature moments as uh, a Jalen Hurts. Definitely hasn't played the level of competition um, at, at, on defense and at the quarterback position um, as Jalen Hurts has. Yet, you know, you see a lot of these narratives being kind of woven um, about is Dak Prescott the MVP and, you know, uh, is, uh, what, what can Dak Prescott lose? What can, what can Dak Prescott do to lose the MVP? Or um, has these past two weeks proven that Dak Prescott is the MVP and all these things like that? And I'm thinking to myself, well, he played the Panthers. He played the Giants and he played the Commanders. I mean, and of course the Commanders gave the Eagles some problems, but the Giants and the Panthers, I mean, I've never seen a quarterback get so much love and get so fat 
off of beating up on bad your, teams. Your, your Eagles fandom is shining through. Yes, it. yes, it is. I mean, I'm wearing the hat, John. What I can mean, you expect I, here? What can you expect? I mean, Come on. I, I, I'm, Dak, I'm shameless, John. Come on. I can't Dak, be professional the entire time. Dak, Dak Prescott, I hate to break it to people, is having he's, a hell of a year. He's playing um, well. He's playing well. He's playing yes. He's playing great football. Um, he's a really good quarterback. He is. He um, is. If he played for any other team, I would actually – Love, I, I will have a lot of love for Dak Prescott, but he puts for the Cowboys, so you know. Yeah, I, I mean, it is what it is. If you look at PFF, the number one quarterback in the NFL is Dak Prescott. Um, he's never played better, he's never played at a higher level. Him and Mike McCarthy are working well together, and that's why next week's the game of the year, not this week, next mm. week. Um, and we'll see how that shakes out. You saw some of the we got a lot of time to talk about that. I'm sure we will. And Dallas defense did not perform well, except in big spots, but the offense kept picking them back up. Uh, and Dak's obviously a big part of that. C.D. Lamb's having a great year. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie to the people. He's playing really well. Of course he is. Um, of course he is. Great quarterback, smart quarterback. But, yeah, he's never going to beat that. Um, got to perform in the playoffs um, until he does that. Everybody's going to have the digs at him. Um, and if you don't like somebody's opinion on, on somebody being MVP in week, where are we, week 13, just go to the next person. That's what I always say. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Thank God the, the award isn't won in week 13. Um, yeah. But, yeah, you know, again, John, um, going through, you know, we, we, we do a lot of content, right? And, look, I'll be honest with you, as, as professional as I, as, I, as I try to be, I mean, always, it always leaks out. The Eagles fandom, uh, I, I can't help it. It's um, it's like a leaky boat, man. You can you can plug one hole, but another one's going to try to pop, you know, show it rear, rear its ugly head. So, um, but yeah, you know, before we get out of here, John. Um, by the way, I have to before we get out of here, I have to yeah. give the people an apology. Um, I had you wait, you owe the people an apology? Yeah, I I I wow. tweeted something earlier. There, there's this um, uh, Twitter account, uh, X account, and at NFL Rep Stats does a really good job. Um, works for uh, Sharp uh, Football Sportline. Uh, they basically um, break down NFL referee crews and penalty info and give you intel on what crews do what. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's really more of a betting tool than anything else. You kind of get a feel for, oh, this crew is going to call a lot of pass interference calls. This crew is going to call a lot of holding calls. You saw the crew on Al Michaels saying you should give Cleet Blakeman the microphone, uh, which was a great line because um, he called so many flags. Um, so Alex Kemp is the referee for this game. Um and Alex Kemp happened to be the referee uh, for two of the Eagles' losses last season. They only had three. Uh, he was the referee when Dallas Goddard got hurt, and they missed the uh, uh, face mask penalty. Um, right. And also, when he when he's refereeing 49ers games, San Francisco's forty one in the four and one in those games and three and oh on the road. So wow. I thought it was interesting. I tweeted it out and there's a lot of people haranguing and and I was just joking. I said I'm gonna get you started on your excuses just in case. 
Um, <laughs> so I threw it out there. Why would you and, throw meat to the lions? And I apologize. I While it's strapped to your neck, John, why would yeah. you do that? I don't know, man. You know, I'm tired. I, I don't know. I said afterwards, man, I shouldn't have done that. And I, so that's my apology. Don't worry about the officials. Don't. It's not going to be the reason the Eagles win, lose, or draw. John, just know people do not look for you to comedy, okay? Or look to you for comedy, okay? <laughs> people do not look to you for comedy, all right? I, I, I that's a mistake because I, I can, I can roll out some, some material to. You know what? I actually think you're pretty funny, believe it or not. Um, but that's just me. Um, the Eagles fans probably, probably not so much. Um, but they don't know you how I know you, John. So again, before we get out of here, man, um, as always, I appreciate you for always taking the time out. Um, you know, to kick it with me um, on a Saturday, even though I know you could be doing a lot of different things right now. But I appreciate you, my man. Um, yeah, I'm just about to get off and get yelled at. That's my <laughs> next uh, part of my day. Oh, man, I know what that's like. Uh, anyway, final, final. Um, can you give the people the final update or not? Let's not, let's not say final, but today's complete update of the injury report and um, what can be expected. Um, for those who may play, who may not play, can you just give us the latest uh, um, injury report before we get out of here? Uh, real quick. See, I got another one. The fix is in. I, all, they're all running with it now. I apologize. <laughs> I, See, I apologize. Man, listen, uh, guys, anyway. don't, don't pay John any mind, man. He's yeah. a, He kids. He kids. Yeah. I, I was a complete uh, uh, joke, but yeah, it didn't, didn't go over. I should know. Subtlety is not the place for X. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, Fletcher Cox, Dallas Goddard would be the most interesting. Uh, Fletcher's questionable, did not practice at all this week. Typically, uh, that means you're not going to play, but Fletcher's one of the few players on the team that I believe they will let him play if he's healthy, and I think that'll be a true game-time decision. Um, Dallas uh, told me, as I said during the week, uh, probably too honest for Nick Sirianni's liking, uh, the doctors wanted four full weeks um, to make sure the, the arm healed correctly. Um, Sunday would be three weeks and six days. He's trying to lobby them, uh, which is why you got him back on the practice field. He feels fine. He thinks he can play. But I go back to last season when he broke uh, a small bone in his shoulder, the glenoid bone. He, 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 he said he was going to play when he, at that time, he was on injured reserve. He said he's ready to go a week before, 100%. And they held him out of fifth game because they wanted that bone to heal properly. So mm -hmm. I still think it's unlikely Dallas Goddard plays. You never know. Maybe he can win the lobby, but I still think it's unlikely. Milt Williams is going to be back. That's, that's good, obviously. Zach Cunningham's not going to play. Um, that's bad. Uh, but I, and as I mentioned, I think you're going to see people are just focused, hyper focused in on Christian Ellis. I think you're going to see a piecemeal approach. I think you're going to see a lot of big nickel as well. Hey, there you have it, Eagles fans. Make sure you guys smash that like button. Also, make sure you guys are subscribed to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. If you guys want more from John McMullen, check him out on si.com. That's Sports Illustrated. Dot com, but typed in as si.com and also check his workout on jacobsports.com. That's j a k i b sports.com. And on top of that, John does an amazing job with his partner in crime, Jody McDonald, 
on Birds 365. And my Brock Purdy's page, biggest fan. Get on Jody this week. He oh loves Brock Purdy like he loves his daughter, I think. Yeah, troll troll Jody right now. I mean, he is a Jets fan. So, I mean, Brock Purdy is a saving grace. Um, but nonetheless, um, make sure you guys check John out and Jody McDonald out on Birds 365. In my opinion, the best show in the region covering the Philadelphia Eagles, arguably the best show in the country covering the Philadelphia Eagles. No one tells it like it is, like Jody Mack and John McMullen. So make sure you guys smash that like button and always stay engaged in the content. And always, you can check me out uh, on Sports Take, uh, filling in for our guy D-Gun. And I'm there with our guy Rob Ellis doing great work for three hours from 11 a.m. Uh, to 2 p.m. Eastern time. And also check out Dan Cilio on the National Football Show from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time. And on there, I do an hour segment. So make sure you guys lock in on all the content. Smash that like button. Make sure you guys are subscribed once again. He's John McMullen, our Philadelphia Eagles insider. And I'm Tony Shows the second. And you guys will locked in on football 24-7. And we'll see you next time. Take care. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.